and boom goes the dynamite. And welcome to episode 36 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the ProSA Only Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight, once again, special guest, fellow Chicago wrestling fan and host of the, what What was that? <laughs> I forgot the name of your podcast. Shit. We are super prepared today and I'm very happy to be here. It's called <laughs> Burn After Noticing. And Jeff, I'm just so happy that you invited me here to plug uh, my podcast. Uh, Hey, hey, no problem. <laughs> Paul Sebastian, a.k.a. Thick Flare uh, uh, on the Internet. Hey, wow, we made it. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. You uh, you uh, you asked me uh, well in advance, and I'm super prepared. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, M, M. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, you remember from the last time you were here what the usual question is. So the I do. The usual question is, uh, did you watch Dark? I did not because I was too busy recording the return of Strong Style Story last night. So. Well, no, that's exciting, though. But that's awesome. So congratulations on that. We love to uh, to make more content. I was uh, not making any content, and I was consumed. Well, no, actually, I take that back because I actually streamed AEW Dark on my Twitch stream uh, yesterday. <laughs> so I was making content as I watched AEW Dark. Uh AEW, I'm just trying to help. Uh, it's on YouTube. I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> DMCA me. I don't give a shit anymore. Mm. Damn. <laughs> uh, but no, it was. And yes, I did watch it and it was it was quite good. Uh, it, it was really I mean, it was anchored by the the John Moxley, Robert Anthony match. Uh, you know, as Chicago wrestling guys, we know all about the ego Robert Anthony. Oh, yeah. Key- Main event of AEW Dark, an hour and a half long AEW Dark that featured, I think, seven matches. I want to say. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, they 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 stacked the card, and so this is uh, what I think has been great about AEW Dark uh, in recent weeks. The the stride I think they're hitting and what they're figuring out is the proper usage of this program. And to me, it's uh, it's house show. So they don't run house shows, and who knows if anyone's going to run house shows anymore, right? Especially major promotions, uh, and if that's even going to be a thing. But using your champion to anchor this program in a non-title match, you know, with a guy who he's worked with before, they have a history with, uh, you know, has indie clout, you know, he'll deliver on a match and someone you can give some shine to and then build that around, you know, some of your lesser utilized talent on your roster, get some people some matches in and, and give them that kind of exposure very much the same way that you'd use a house show. And I thought that was really well executed. Okay, well, you know, if I get some time, I'll try to uh, I'll try to check that one out. But uh, well, thanks Anthony for Anthony Box delivered, and that's I think that was, and then also uh, a big standout there, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt uh, taking on uh, surprisingly enough Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler, who had a fantastic match, the best wow. work I think they've done in AEW to date. Uh, it was just a really good match all around. Uh, everybody elevated each other. They played their role really great. Uh, uh, Luchasaurus and Marco got all their shit in as it were, and uh, just a, a really, really good match. That was kind of the uh, uh, co-main, if you will. Okay, well, I will I will actually try to make a concerted effort to, to check that out, because uh, you seem to be e- evangelizing Dark a little bit here. So. When it's good, it's very good, and I think when they use it properly, it's it's a, it's a real treat like for, for weekly wrestling. I don't think they do it right every week, but no wrestling program is good every week. Right. 
And on that note, we go live <laughs> to Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for AEW Dynamite episode 36 with your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And, and, and <laughs> for at least the first hour, Le Champion, Chris Jericho joining because in the commentary. Because if there's one thing AEW learned, it's that four-man commentary booths are just great and everybody wants them. And, uh, you know, four is not a crowd at all. Well, okay. (laughs) It's one thing that they they learned is that Jericho was actually really good on commentary. Oh, he's great. He's always great. There could be eight men in the booth and Jericho would shine. As long as it's not Chris Irvine that shows up. (laughs) Not Chris Chris Irvine. We want Le Champion. We want Chris Jericho. We want the Lionheart. Yeah. So, and with that, we get our, uh, our first match of the evening. Going straight in, a uh, tag team match, the debut, the in-ring debut of FTR. Uh, so, what, Jeff, what, what does FTR stand for? Um, I don't even know anymore. Follow the rules. Um, uh, fuck the rest. Uh, all right, all right. Something. Uh, I do know that that they they need to quit with this uh, with the, uh, the 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 FTR mobile pulling up. <laughs> That's just like uh, 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 Cash Wheeler's truck, right? That's just like his personal truck, and I, he thinks think so. wants it. Like it's part; of, it's in his contract. He's like, I get to put my my truck on TV every week, right? Yeah, Something like everyone like gets to see this. Like I get to use it as my Tinder profile picture now. Uh, <laughs> just having a great time, man. Well, his name is Cash Wheeler. Like, come on. Yeah. So Jericho is on commentary, and they're talking about how they they they're coming from Nashville, and so jericho and jim ross are going on about making the drive from 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 nashville to jacksonville riding and, up and down the roads making the towns brother and, and jericho makes a comment about uh you know stop it stop it we'll go truck start truck stop and take a couple of yellow jackets and i have a lost oh! my shit <laughs> <laughs> i missed that i'm very glad you told me about it because that rocks i have a lost my shit when he said that. <laughs> No, I I My love that Jericho. We are we are talking we are talking truck stop uppers. <laughs> Jericho has decided that he could have like four vodka and orange juices before every broadcast, and uh, I'm really happy he's made that decision. I think it's working. <laughs> uh, yeah, considering I think he, he's probably eighty percent vodka at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, most people eighty percent water. Well, folks, let me tell you something about Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh boy. Um. So one thing I thought was a little bit too on the nose was the fact that um, uh, Arn Anderson and, and Tully Blanchard both are sitting there scouting <laughs> the FTR, considering, but, you know, considering something... how much that that they've been described as an Arn and Tully, you know, the 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 brainbusters uh, uh, tribute act. But I mean, there's a reason it's so on the nose, right? I mean, they were people were making those comparisons when they were the mechanics in NXT. They've really always shown that kind of uh, uh, you know parallel to those guys. And hey, you have them both; they're there. WWE never utilized that comparison to their advantage. Why not? Yeah. Why not pick up something that another one of many balls that WWE dropped? And one of the things AEW has done well is take all of the things that WWE's missed about the talent that's gone over there. And highlighted those and, and and made them strengths. They're doing it. We'll get to Brody Lee, but yeah, yeah. Now, um, 
I, I will say this is that, yeah, the, 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 they panned over to Sean Spears and Sean Spears is just looking at Tully the whole time. It's like, oh, he, 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 he's going to drop his ass. <laughs> it's that's going to be you know what? That's good character development for Sean Spears, because, you know, you can't really ignore the kind of the fan outcry and kind of the public perception of Sean Spears and his run to date in AEW hasn't been, you know, everybody's it, it, favorite. It, it, it's being a complete waste of time and he, he's a complete geek. <laughs> So to let, let's so let's lean into that and have him you know have some uh, have some strife come out of it on his on his on screen character and uh, there's some development for you. Well, the best development they ever did with him, uh, they never followed up with, which was the degenerate gambler. Yeah, the degenerate gambler, and also the the Tully Blanchard boxer shorts, which I'm hoping we see more of. <laughs> God, that was that's a, a that's a storyline we follow. That up was as just well. disturbing. Uh, Who made them? Like, what Etsy shop did you get these from? Are they on Redbubble? Can I get a pair? Just, oh, just a few geez. questions that I have. No big deal. Just a few questions. Uh, all that being said, uh, Butcher and the Blade actually look really good in this match, too. These guys are getting better. We were just uh, talking about them recently, and uh, I was talking about every time I die with somebody. It had me thinking about Andy. And, yeah, they're uh, – I mean, I lo- I've always loved the look. I've always loved the aesthetic. JR one upping Jericho on on knowledge of a metal band was. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, Jericho said how Andy Williams is is a you know, great guitarist, and then JR corrected him as a bass player. It was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> JR punking Jericho out here. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> I'd like to see Jim Ross at an Every Time I Die concert. Let's get Jim Ross to go to Tid the season next year. Did you know? Did you? Uh... You know, I, I, every time I die, I was supposed to play in Chicago right before all hell broke loose. I don't know if that yeah, ever I happened. Yeah, so. And uh, I think, um, I think at Riot Fest, uh, Keith, one of Keith's bands is, was supposed to be there. I don't know. There is all kind of yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of good projects though. Uh, actually, as we're doing this right now, uh, Keith and Andy Hurley from Fall Out Boy are raising money on Twitch uh, for oh. bail funds. Oh, uh, nice. good dudes. Yeah, yeah, real good dudes. All right. So, of course, you know, because this is an Arn and Tully tribute act, uh, FTR win the match with uh, with the spike pile driver. They call it the, the mind buster. Um, so they're not calling it the shatter machine or is it the same thing or is it different? I missed this part. Yeah, it's the it's the yeah, it, it's the it's the Arn and Tully spike. You know, top oh, they're doing spike the Tully one. Now. Yeah. Spike pile driver. So, God. Okay. Um, afterwards. Tony Schiavone tries to, cut, you know, do an interview with FTR. The Young Bucks show up. This is where I tuned in. So from here on out, this is where I, I this is where I got it up on my screen. <laughs> and you know, and all and a big schmoz happens. And, there's there is some schmozin. And there's a lot of schmozin in this show. So just be warned that there's we a lot were, of yeah, no, no, there was there was some schmozin, but they did kind of pepper some strong wrestling in between. So I think for the most part the schmozin worked. You know, you're getting you're you're making your way towards Fighter Fest. You gotta get these dust ups ready for the payoffs, right? Yeah. Hey, since you already since we already name dropped Fighter Fest, um, I noticed something when they were advertising Fighter Fest today is that they changed the times because Did they? last week they were being advertised as being at 10 p.m. p.m. nine central, and now oh, they're shit. they're in the regular dynamite spot of. Uh, How would they run that so late? Well, I we were thinking that. It was going to be preempted by the NBA maybe coming back, but uh, maybe that's not happening now because <laughs> now now they're advertising it in in the regular dynamite spot. So, 
Huh, well, it's it's almost like running professional sports, including this pro wrestling show we're talking about, maybe isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, with all, well, I mean, shit, tomorrow uh, La Liga comes back, so. <laughs> La Liga coming back. We have independent wrestling is starting to make its return via open air and drive-in style settings. Yeah, um, yeah, GCW sold out. Uh, White River State Park in Indianapolis, mild yep. stomping grounds. Which There's is, a which I, I'm not sure that the state of Indiana really knows what GCW's up to. So. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about that. Like maybe they they don't really. But you know what? Nobody tell them. Nobody yeah. tell them. Shh, no snitching. We're shot callers, not cop callers. MDK all day. Well, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, I was going to say, hey, wow, how wild it is that GCW is running Indy. But wait a minute. GCW ran Hoffman Estates. Yeah, that's year, true. They so. did. I was that there, was, and I was uh, there. Yeah, so was I. That show oh, kicked ass. It oh, was shit. so great. It yeah, was, it was a blast. Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun show. Although that that Jerry Lawler, Mance Warner segment. The Jerry was, Lawler was, thing was, was bad. Yeah, um, that was 20 minutes. I'll never get back. You, if you were at Two Cup Stuff, you could hear me yelling things to Jerry like, uh, where's Ghislaine Maxwell? You're probably on the flight logs, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, oh, that was you. OK, uh, I that did, was me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hanging out with Cubs fan the whole time. I was like, ah, Jesus. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is I, I had literally like weeks before had just rewatched Wrestlepalooza 97 and him trying to cut the exact same promo. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. And then also that that show uh, contained one of the most gruesome, horrific injuries I've ever seen. Oh, in, yeah. I'm well, a wrestling fan with G Raver, but well, I well, I bailed out um, during the main because, Ooh. well, be, uh, well, I, I can't was ha- say the, the, the gauge that gauge Effie match was really. Yeah, something. I, 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 yeah I, I can't handle death matches at my old age. Okay. So, yeah. De- I, yeah. I you know like, what? And I, I, I will say death match wrestling. Definitely not for everybody. And I, I super understand it as a person who fucking loves death matches. Like, I love that shit. Um, but all, I totally get it's not for everybody. Yeah. All I'm going to say is that I'm glad about that show that uh, the Nazi wasn't there. But no, anyway, no Nazis. yeah. That's so, fine. yeah, no, no, not. Yeah. Pl- please. GCW, stop booking the Nazis, please. OK. Anyway, moving on uh, back on topic. So there, there was uh, the, the first of many schmazes. Uh, we then go to a backstage segment with the natural nightmares who, for some reason, are getting a tag team title shot next. They're week. undefeated. They have the best record. They're like five or six and oh, they've been they've been quietly building them up for this. But uh, now that and stuff like that, which was which I do, I do think is interesting that yeah. they're using this, these guys. But but this whole thing with with, with Allie suddenly hanging out with QT Marshall and getting like the 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 Cody Rhodes track jacket. And I'm like, and, you know, Lawrence, who wasn't able to be here tonight, but he he, he flipped me a taxi. He goes, so since when did Allie leave her husband's tag team? Well, so, yeah, let me let me just talk about kind of how WWE it is to sign a married couple and then immediately send the guy's wife to go into an angle with the VP's best friend. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. That- I don't know, man. It's a little sus to me. I'm just going to say. Uh, no, no. I, I, I think we're all with you. Um, all right. It's a little bit sus. Yeah, just, just a tad bit. Uh, this leads into our second match of the evening. Uh, a uh, women's tag team match. Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose and Penelope Ford. I swear we had this match like not a month ago. 
But I, I think, think I think maybe it was, it was Britt Baker, maybe. Yeah, but. probably. But you know what? All these gals work well together, and Chris Jericho did a phenomenal job putting everybody over on commentary. He like did. he, yeah, he really, really did a great did. job individually speaking on every wrestler's strengths, and then like and using like kind of personal anecdote to bring it in. Like he did he had this thing about Nyla Rose and he was just like, yeah, dude, I don't even talk to her backstage. She scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Like stuff I, like that. And I love that. Yeah. It's no, it was great. This is why Jericho is this. Is why they didn't and the even, whole thing about uh, how sexy Kip Sabian was telling Tony Schiavone how sexy he is. Love that too. <laughs> this is I, again, this is why they need to ditch Jr. and put Jericho on commentary. Yeah. Way more yeah. often. Yeah, I think J- there's a lot of value. You could have JR work in pay-per-views. You could have JR call spot matches. You could have JR do backstage interviews. You could buy JR's podcast. You could have him do extended interviews. There's so much stuff you can do with him without him having to be like a, a voice on the booth every single week. You could clear up some of that space and uh, just you know make for a, a better commentary week to week. Yeah, but yeah, this I thought this match was great. Uh, the, the the one thing I'm going to complain about, um, I know it was hard cam. But the angle on the pin where it was, <laughs> you know, right, sometimes yeah, look, wrestlers that, wear wrestling gear and when you're on camera and you're wearing wrestling gear, you're going to be caught in some uh, less than ideal angles. This is part was, of I'm on television. It, yeah. And it's, I mean, uh, I mean I, there I, was, I mean, I don't know. I actually on AEW dark, there was a guy who was like dick imprinting really hard and we kept noticing he was covering up his dick imprint on his trunks. Like, I feel like he noticed it and kept covering it. <laughs> up his own dick imprint and like he was like really self-conscious about it it was like one of the jobber guys in like a tag team match uh but he just kept covering his own dick imprint oh my goodness uh but yeah i mean i understand i think maybe that, that that's one of those hard cam awareness things because yes yeah that 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 oh yeah that was not you want to try to you, yeah you want to do uh, as much for your talent as you can in that regard if you're in the production truck and you know i've directed live television and i've done some of that stuff before so like you know you have a chance to see the camera that comes up you got to ready it and you got to make sure you know what you're bringing up on screen yeah uh, that being said, Penelope Ford pins Hikaru Shida, which is fine because we need a women's title match for Fighter Fest. So you know this yeah. is a quick and quick and dirty way to to to, to get one of those. So and also not, people are going to be real real happy to see Nyla just beat the shit out of Penelope Ford. Nyla, Nyla's not champion. Or not Nyla Shida. Yeah, Hikaru Shida. Yeah, but yeah, th- th- this was a f- fantastic match. I I, I really love this. So that, 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 you know, b- yeah. b- bad, bad, bad camera work, uh, notwithstanding. Actually, it's not even really the camera's fault because it was just hard cam, but yeah. But, uh, I, I think definitely take a note to mention the growth of Penelope Ford, uh, since she's got on TV week to week on AEW, uh, really come a long way. Well, she was already, I think a talented wrestler showing a lot of promise, but has become like a really solid television wrestler, which is a whole different thing. Well, she certainly kicks the ass out of the. You guys that she's with all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck that. Well, shit. one of let's. Oh well, let's. Uh, I'm very excited about the uh, the Joey Janela vignette we got, which I don't know. That's that came not that long after this, right? Uh, no, actually, that was like right before. That was actually before the main event. So we're gonna get to that. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Yeah, we can hold off on that. But... Uh, we did get a little interview with uh, Darby Allen, and holy shit, it's Tony Hawk. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, it's Tony Hawk. Where isn't Tony Hawk these days? Um, yeah, I don't know. He's everywhere, but it, including on AEW TV, uh, I will point out, I, I'm probably the only person who, who, who has this note here. Uh, the music that they were using in the background sounded an awful lot like the, uh, the, 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 the baseline to nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't really notice it cause I, uh, 
I was kind of flipping like during it came back from a commercial. I don't know how high that volume because I had a couple things up on my screen. I missed the bass line. That's funny. Oh, yeah. It sounded just like, yeah, if you have the train spotting soundtrack, you have this song. So, uh, yeah, uh, Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. Great song. Um, that is definitely a note that only you have. Uh, probably. <laughs> but you know what? We, 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 we do a lot of nerdy tangents on this show anyway. Um, oh, I mean, you just read uh, about 20 minutes ago we're talking about AEW Dark and house shows. So you're welcome. Thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for giving me a forum for that. <laughs> and then we get another uh, Britt Baker rehab montage promo. Which, which is... I, I, I know I know we've differed on Britt Baker in the past, and I will still uh, uh, voice my unabashed support for this character that Britt Baker is doing. I think it rocks. Oh, no. Oh, no. This character fucking rules. <laughs> we have loved this character. It's just a damn shame she got injured. Yeah, the injury. But you know what? She's leaned in and done such a, a fantastic job, you know, playing it to her advantage and using this time to just build insane amounts of heat so when she comes back people are going to want to see her get beat up so bad oh yeah oh no it's great no i i think it, i think it's fantastic they the probably... thing she did with like with the with the golf cart last week uh like the gator cart with the with the wheelchair yeah brilliant brilliant stuff well yeah no again it's uh no it, it is great and you know they're finally using her properly Yes. Yeah. And I think she's finally figuring out like where she fits in as a wrestling character too. And is more comfortable in it. You know, she seems more comfortable in her own skin and these, uh, this type of character as well. Right. And she was even maybe actually improving in the ring because she yeah. wasn't trying to be the work rate woman now. And she you don't. Was, yeah. You know, and, and it's good. Cause yeah, this character doesn't have to be that. And she can focus on, you know, doing what she does. She's a personality and she's got, you know, she has a lot of star power. Yeah. But unfortunately now she's, Anously fucked up, so <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. her uh, her leg is not in great shape. Oh no, no, that was no, that was ugh. yeah, that, that, that <laughs> was that was bad. Um, up next, yeah, knee injuries, man, uh, just so gross. Up next, our third match of the evening, uh, the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassidy, up against an inner circle team of Santana Ortiz and Maga Chud Jake Hager. Uh, uh, you know what? Although this match was pretty okay. Honestly. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, you got, you got a lot of people, you have people in the ring who always deliver, like there aren't bad matches. You don't get a bad Santana and Ortiz match. Yeah. You just, it's not going to happen. Um, they're, they're just, they're two of the best. Um, love orange Cassidy. Love everything he does. Anytime he gets involved, we're having a lot of fun. Hager's Hager, you know, whatever and uh, i did you know it was interesting to see them kind of work together after listening to chris jericho's podcast where the whole inner circle was on talking about uh how the stadium stampede match came together and kind of their whole the way they put it together and everything and listening to like their chemistry like these guys really did become friends over the last you know eight nine months and it really shows in their in-ring work yeah you know and, and that's and that's great uh just yeah fuck jake hager <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's too bad that they all became friends with fucking jake hager <laughs> yeah exactly um uh so uh orange cassidy actually gets the pin in this match uh pinning or uh pinning ortiz with like that yeah. magistral or or something you know whatever that is and then um afterwards chris jericho leaves the booth has floyd with him and proceeds to beat the shit out of Everybody, especially yes. Orange Cassidy, with a sack of oranges. A sack of blood oranges. Just, and, you want to talk about on the nose, Jeff? Yeah, well, especially, especially when Orange Cassidy juiced. 
Yes, he's you got a bleeding orange Cassidy being hit with blood oranges. I wonder what kind of message they're trying to convey there. Yeah. Hmm. Although, you know, Folks, we, we like subtext. Oh, you know, we are in the midst of a pandemic and maybe, you know, we're going to be suffering food crisis soon. So maybe wasting food like that. Uh, I don't think you should not be wasting this beautiful Florida citrus. Send it to me instead. I'll eat them. Uh, but yeah, the, you know what? Uh, they're building to an Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho match, and I am here for it. Absolutely, that would be. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Well, will Orange Cassidy get his his big moment in the in the Florida sunshine? You know, there's there's a few guys on the AEW roster that you just know are great for Orange Cassidy matches, and I don't think anybody else is more perfect for it than Chris Jericho. No one else can. I don't think anyone's going to be more perfect at selling what Orange Cassidy does. Uh, and you know, it's obviously Colt because he just understands comedy wrestling, you know, on, on a deep level. Um, you know, the big physical guys you like to see just because of the difference in styles. Um, I think, you know, the pocket orange Cassidy match was awesome and imaginative and different. Well, that's still, yeah, that's still a match of the year candidate for me. So yeah, yeah, I still, yeah, it's, and it's just so, yeah, I think it was executed on just the perfect level for like what those two do and what, the, how they compare and contrast. But Chris Jericho is going to deliver on a, on an absolutely perfect level with that character. Yeah. And, and by the way, shout out to Jericho, uh, earlier on commentary when he, he, uh, he even still references Sugar Dunkerton, you know, Pineapple Pete. It was like he's still keeping that continuity going. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, oh, Pineapple Pete, I hate that guy. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's great. This is why we need him on commentary because he actually puts people over and he, he keeps up on shit, you know. Oh, and then also when he said uh, what he, when he said for Chris Stetlander to go back to Greblack or whatever planet she's from in Andromeda. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was, was real. That good. was good. That was that was, good. was that was good. Ah, and then MJF comes on the screen and tarnishes our <laughs> our mood. Um, That's what he's here for. Get, get, but he's get, so good at it. <laughs> yeah, is he though? Is, I, is yes, he actually good at it, or is he just an annoying prick? You know. Well, that's the thing. Is if you can't tell the difference, then it's working. And then he's getting into it with uh, <clears throat> Billy Gunn. <laughs> Somebody else, who, which who I, I want, I want to talk about a a, a line in uh, Billy Gunn's reply to MJF here. Yeah, <laughs> when go, uh, go when right, MJF right when MJF was talking about the Shark Tank, Jeff. Yeah, he was talking about being in a different kind of Shark Tank, and uh, and Billy Gunn says, "Yeah, look at me, I'm a great white." Yeah. Well, no, no, no. MJF said that first. Well, just the way Billy like said it, just like it all, like you have to say the word shark after when you're a big giant blonde haired man. Uh, that's true. Yeah. No, say no, shark. No, yeah. Say shark. Well, you know, I hesitate to mention what TNT was playing right before uh, Dynamite today. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Uh, they were playing the, the, the most recent uh, film version of <clears throat> Tarzan. Ooh! Wow! Good. Uh, yeah. Real good. Starring yeah. Alexander Skarsgård. Isn't, uh, that Isn't the True Blood guy the one in that? I don't know. I know Samuel L. Jackson was in it. Oh boy! Well, that's good. And there was, yeah, yeah. It's like, Ugh. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe now I'm thinking not... about Samuel L. Jackson as Tarzan, and I'm, I'm kind of into that. <laughs> That'd, That'd be, be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, him <laughs> just yelling at people like. <laughs> I'll tell you what's on. I'll tell you what's on TNT right now is uh, uh, walking, walking tall. tall. With yeah, the, the rock, with, the rocks walking tall. The rocket with walking tall. Yeah, I, 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 I get real with you. That one. Kind of an underrated movie. Neil McDonough, great antagonist in film and TV. Yeah, good I, stuff. I, I, I never saw it. I, I I've only ever seen the 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 Joe Don Baker version. 
Oh, that's good too. That's good too. Yeah. We do love Joe Baker. So, uh, moving on, we get a recap of Cole Cabana and uh, his his dealings with the Dark Order leading into our fourth match of the evening. Cole Cabana no, versus Cole. Sam- Chicago's favorite son being enticed by those demons from the Dark Order, those those rascals, those scoundrels, those absolute rapscallions. Yeah, it's not it's not very it's not, not, not very Archie. yeah it's not very Maxwell Street of him, is it? No, it's not. And you know what's funny is I, I had a uh, Maxwell Street style Polish sausage today. It was delicious. Well, hey, fantastic! I haven't had one of those in a while. Man, great stuff. I uh, actually after I mean, my yeah, first I, time I, I, I mean, part on t- Maxwell Street. Oh yeah! Oh, oh wow! Well, I mean, Portillo's my first time was right after uh, right after a wrestling show. A couple friends took me there from freelance. Oh no! Nice. Or no, from AAW in LaSalle. That's what it was. Oh, or okay. those places, Marionette Park, some shit. <laughs> what what are those it all, places? It all blends together, folks. When you're, you know, this is something that Jeff can understand too. When you're a wrestling fan in Chicago, it, it's just your brain becomes hot wrestling soup. It all just kind of flows together <laughs> into your mind. It's just like one giant amalgamation of just like deep Lovecraftian hell. Of oh just God. wrestling tentacles permeating your, your within your brain at all times, it, it, ripping all, you and slowly descending you into madness. It is many many eyes and, and mouths like Yog Sothoth or something. Yes. Correct. That's exactly what it's like. That's what being a wrestling fan in Chicago is like. If anyone wants to know. Yeah. Oh wait, you know that Lovecraft was a heinous racist, right? Oh, horrific. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. an absolutely horrific one. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to talk about it here on this podcast, but anyone that's listening can Google the name of his cat if they want. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's not get into that. Moving along. Uh, moving along. Uh, Sammy Guevara beating yeah. Cole Cabana. Uh, they're doing the slip the slip up angle. Now, last week, I thought that actually that really worked because it seemed like there was a consequence to, to the screw up. And now it looks like they're making it into an angle. Right. I, I didn't really pick up on this too much. Um this is kind of a thing I wasn't paying attention to, if you want me to be honest. Like this, well, this. Well, last week on. when when it was when uh, Cabana was trying to go for the Chicago skyline, he 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 slipped up and moved, and then he walked right into a Judas effect. Oh right, right. okay, yeah. So now, so you're gonna so now the the idea is like his small mistakes in the ring are leading to these losses, making him unsure of himself. Yes. So and now 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 you know. Yeah, and the match—it's a itself, really, really good Dark Order music. Yeah, and, and it, this is I mean, the match itself was okay, but let's face Absolutely. it, this was just angle. This was just an angle builder because afterwards, the entire damn Dark Order, including Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, who we haven't seen for fucking months. Yeah, where'd they been? Well, probably quarantined. <laughs> I would assume they were quarantining. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, shows up, and Brody Lee just does the the, the greatest thing. Just shows up. Offers of his hand to get to get up. I was like, wow, he didn't even say shit. Yep. So I will. Okay. The the walkout. Great. Um, the bringing the, the show of solidarity from the entire Dark Order, the holding of the masks, Brody coming out at the end, Brody extending his hand, picking up Colt. The whole thing works perfectly for me. I do want to pick one little nit, though. I will pick one nit at this. And this is something that like, you know, great wrestlers have talked about, like, you know, when you think you're going too slow, slow down. If we take like a couple extra beats when Brody picks up Colt to just stand there, give me like three more seconds of just standing eye contact before you walk away. 
really nail that one home. I think he just made that turn a little too fast. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I mean, and and that's fair. So he picks him up and then he walks right away, and that's it's fine. But like, you pick him up, you stop, you stare, you let that kind of hit home. And you may, let the camera catch it. Maybe you know you the, let the camera make get one more angle, a close up on the face, then you make that turn. Right. Maybe mm, maybe now maybe keep the hand there too. Yeah, the hold the hand there. Yeah, yeah, just give it that extra beat. Something that'll really kind of nail it home. You know, not just like one gesture, but just that. Yeah, make it more fluid. These are things that um I think you can learn when you're watching it back later and. Brody Lee is just super talented and a guy who, you know, takes uh it seems to take direction really well in and character development. Oh yeah, no 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 no. I think this is great and I think and, they're finally and they're finally moving beyond the 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 Vince McMahon pastiche too, you know. Yeah, but the I think what was what they they it served its purpose, right? They made those references and then instead of sticking with it or lingering on it until it was like, you know, stupid or contrived, they just moved past it naturally. And you know what they're doing really well with Dark Order is subverting. I think well, a lot of the fans' expectations of what they thought it was going to be. Right, and and even last week, you know, the the, the promo he cut last week with Cole is like, hey, you know what? You 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 learn from losing. You know, it's like, huh? Okay, yeah. After all, he losses got, are lessons, brother. Phase up. A, a, sure. After he got you know his ass handed to him by <laughs> by Moxley at, at Double or Nothing too. So true. You know, it, it's great. But and no. the uh, the little like uh, uh, Bobo Connor McGregor looking guy handing him the water bottle. It's just like think about it. Yo, yeah, think on, think yeah. on it, brother. Of course, you know that wasn't the end of it because then Sammy Guevara comes up and we get Matt Hardy to confront Sammy Guevara and Jesus fucking Christ, I am uh, so done with Matt Hardy. I, now this is a place I know we're gonna differ. Oh, <laughs> no, Matt Hardy can fuck off. All right, so <laughs> I think it's important that uh, you know. Points have counterpoints here on this podcast, uh, so I'm that's just going to say you go, you go right ahead. I'm just going to say it. Matt Hardy rules. Matt Hardy rules. I love Matt Hardy. He can do all of his goofy-ass shit all day long on my television screen, and I will eat it up like the little piggy that I am. I love it. Well, that okay. Uh, that that That's fine. I'm also going to counter it with uh, part of the reason why I can't stand Matt Hardy is I, I remember back in 2015, and I, I've mentioned this on this show before, Okay. Uh, I think this was back right before the beginning of the broken stick when he was doing like, you know, whatever, you know, the, 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 you know, whatever the, the Matt Hardy stick was at the time, like the, the, the golden child or whatever it was. I, I, I honestly don't remember. It was like one of the, I think it was like some sort of spoiled rich asshole, Matt Hardy type. Yeah, situation. exactly. And he made it. I don't know. I don't care. I don't know. And nor do I care if it was in character when he said this, but he made some horrific anti-immigrant statements on Twitter. Weird, because I know he is 100% not anti-immigrant or hasn't been publicly in a very long time, especially because I know Rebby's not. Well, I, I'm just letting so you know. I, I mean, I know what I saw. I was like, holy fucking shit. I mean. That's something I've never I've never heard before. But, I, I mean, you know, may I, hmm. Again, it, it, it may have been him playing the character. I, I honestly don't care if it was, but that was enough just to turn me off. You know. Well, you know, TNA and Impact Wrestling have done a lot of that stuff very, very, like, flat-footedly. Like, didn't they do that thing where uh, Pentagon got arrested by ICE a couple years ago? Oh, my God. I have yeah, no yeah. idea. They did a, they did a I, thing uh, where, like, yeah, Pentagon and I think Pentagon and Phoenix got arrested by ICE. Oh, Jesus. It was like this weird. Yeah, that was in, like, 2017, I want to say. Something oh, like that. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. That was an era where that yeah, pre-anthem, they were 
doing all kinds of really, really dumb shit. Okay. Now, I, admittedly, I haven't been watching a lot of Modern Impact, but people say good things, and they have low-key probably the most talent in any singular women's division of any of the wrestling promotions out there. I mean, they got, nationally tele- I mean, they got, they got Jordan Grace. That's cool. I like Jordan They Grace. got Jordan Grace. They, I mean, you know, Tessa Michael Elgin, too. I mean, no, well, he's not in the women's division. Well, that's true. Well, thank God for that. Uh, <laughs> they also have Kylie Ray. Yes. Um, and they've also made another. Re- they've also recently signed Deanna Parazzo is there now. Oh, I did see that. So, uh, yeah, they have a strong division there. Uh, yeah. Ty Valkyrie still there, right? I think so. Yeah, they still got Ty Valkyrie. Um, Kira Hogan's great. Uh, they have, yeah, they have a lot of talent in the women's division there in Impact okay. Wrestling. So it's worth checking oh, out. Yeah, I mean, Su- well, you know, Sue Young, you know, Sue Young rules. Oh yeah, oh, I love Sue Young. So. All right, and, and fair enough. I was just saying in general, Elgin's there, and you know what? That, oh, that, that's yeah, usually yeah. enough to just make me say, yeah, no. Yep, <laughs> we were actually just there was some yeah. Elgin talk in my Discord today and about oh, uh, no. whether we should even bother caring about him because he. This is kind of irrelevant at this point, anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> whether he's even worth our time anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, that 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 Twitter meltdown he had the the other a few weeks ago I was like, oh. He my loves god. to melt down on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I had a little fun week on Twitter uh, with some of our uh, Chicago wrestling friends. Oh, oh no! <laughs> uh, I don't <laughs> know if you saying... saw my uh, I don't know if you saw my recent uh, uh, back and forth with pro wrestling tees Ryan Barkin. Oh no! Yeah, we we well we 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 buried them on this program last. Oh, week. okay, perfect. Ryan Barkin's a coward little bitch. <laughs> Fuck Ryan. He can he can suck my dick. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He's a coward. He still got me blocked. He's a loser. He can eat yeah. shit. I, 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 I DM'd Effie today to order a shirt for somebody just specifically so I wouldn't have to go to pro wrestling tees. Well, there you go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. That. That. That whole thing. You know. No. We. We. We took some time last week at the beginning of the show to talk about. Yeah. So. About, talk so about yeah, that if, and if, how. I'm sure you guys probably talked about it, but Ryan put up a really performative tweet about how he boarded up his store because he was afraid of Antifa or whatever. Yeah. Uh, on his. On his. On his store in Avondale, where no protests or marches were happening. So you know, I, no, nothing was happening. No one was going after his little T-shirt store. It was ridiculous, and he was just crying because he couldn't do a big seventh anniversary party. And he wanted to whine about it on Twitter and drum up sympathy. He was called out on it by multiple people, including myself, uh, to where he responded with some bullshit. Uh, Some other people tried to defend him. I was right. They were wrong. He blocked me. He then admitted he was wrong, retracted everything he said, but still left me blocked, even though he people asked to unblock me by name. He is a coward. Yeah, well, it's fine. You know, I, I still stick with my my fuck him. Yeah, 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 that's the yeah, perfect so. opinion to have. <laughs> yeah, no, we, 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 we stand by that because performative or not, yeah, he showed he was more interested in self-promotion than in, you know, justice, which, yeah, read it's the hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah, so he is. And anyone that's like that, you can uh, you can pay them no mind. Fuck those people, especially yeah. now. Indeed. So. So, yeah, if you can support independent wrestlers directly by uh, buying merch from them, uh, from them direct, if they print their own or ship their own stuff, if they keep, you know, if they keep stock on hand, if you can buy your wrestling shirts from talent in any other way besides pro wrestling tees, I would recommend you do that. Now, mind you, they they do, of course, produce all the merch for AEW, but you know what? We're not, but you know what? We're not paid or co-opted by AEW. So. No, and I'm not telling you to buy AEW merch. Buy whatever the hell you want, man. Yeah, well, and this is why, again... I was asked, you know, when AEW were at C2E2, my honey was saying, like, 
oh, you should maybe, you know, I, I even met Tony Khan, you know, and, and she was like, oh, you should try, maybe, you know, give him your card, maybe see if you can get a job with him. I'm like, I don't want a job with him because I'd like the freedom to bury them when they need it, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. You don't want to, definitely wouldn't want to do any kind of thing like that. And it's a lot more freeing to talk about wrestling as a fan and not a, uh, a part of the machine. Yeah. Oh, totally. So anyway, we, we are getting way off, way off topic. So at this point, this is the, the Joey Janela video vignette that um, a great time. This is a great place to get back on track. Cause this shit was good. This was good. And, and Hey, sunny kiss. Absolutely. So Dri- driving the, a fly car too. It had that, it had that John Carlo kind of vibe that kind of got Joey, you know, a lot of notoriety in the first place with the vignettes he made, you know, with his GCW and CZW comebacks and all that stuff. <laughs> Did you see, they actually had the footage of him getting, they dropped used, on the, you guys, John Zandig was on TNT tonight. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> well, that's what I said. He came on TV. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> It had to be um, said. <laughs> Zandig, we love you. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, they had a great vignette of Joey talking wait, 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 about wait, wait, his kind of... Wait, don't don't we? <laughs> hey, he seems cool. Uh, he's cool if it's jump off a roof. I know. I, I, it's see, cool in my book. CZW ended Ryuji Yamakawa's career, so fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think, you know, Zandig's not wrestling anymore either. You know, Jump, jumping off roofs tend to do that to you as well. <laughs> well that's, that much is true. <laughs> I, I was more talking about uh, Wife Beater and that fucking choke bomb that oh, you know, destroyed yeah. Yamakawa. So one of the, one of the best. Uh. Yeah, you know, I was late to like all that stuff, and I have a friend who like brought me down the C- like the classic CZW rabbit hole, and there's still a lot I'm learning about that. But man, there's some deep, insane lore there. Holy hell! Oh boy. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, that <laughs> so we we're gonna, we're going to get to be continued on that Joey Janela. Uh, yes. So let, and, let's and they see did a great job. Goes. You know, this this kind of circles back to something we talked about with character development in AW and how they use like these real life kind of events and the way people's runs have unfolded just kind of organically to, to build character later. You know, we talked about this thing with, with Sean Spears and now with Joey, you know, he kind of fell down the card a little bit and was a little bit anonymous just, you know, for various reasons. And now to bring him back, you use that, you use that fire, you use that idea of, well, I've been forgotten and now I need to be remembered or, you know, maybe I need some help. And you bring another person who, Needs to be on TV every week, Sunny Kiss. Every week, put Sunny Kiss on my television. Uh, yeah, I can. I, 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 I certainly endorse that statement. So, yeah, Sunny Kiss, I would say, is the most underused uh, talent on the entire AEW roster at this point. Uh, in in terms of how talented they are and how high up on the roster they should be. Like Sonny is incredible. Sonny is one of the best, I think one of the best and most dynamic and most interesting wrestlers they have on, on the entire thing. Yeah, no, 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 totally. And yeah, needs more, uh, needs more TV exposure too. But so. from what I, I mean, so on AEW dark a couple weeks ago, they had a Sonny kiss, Joey Janela tag match and it was great. And I think this is probably where this comes from is because people enjoyed that so much. Uh, and we saw a preview of things to come, and I think this is going to work out really, really good. And we're going to well, be know, very entertaining. You know, the thing is, I was, I was thinking, I, we, I didn't really mind Joy Janela teaming with Private Party either. So I thought that was cool. I always, I also thought Sonny would have been a good fit with Private Party if we were to like do an AEW trios division. That's something that could I thought could fit if we're going to have more trios there. Yeah, Private Party could. You, you insert a bunch of other wrestlers with Private Party, and you could have a good trio. Just give me like someone. 
with like either someone who's good on the mic or somebody just just like a slightly different style than what they do, and you could have a good trio. Well, we shouldn't really do much more, you know, advanced things with trios until we can get uh, El Triangulo de la Muerte back. It's true. Give me back Death Triangle, please. Please, I just I'm having withdrawals. I need I, more. Yes, we, we we need our Pentagon. We need our Phoenix. We need our Pac on TV. Uh, so would we do like that's the biggest thing missing from this show, like glaringly. Well, yeah, I mean, I've said it numerous times that Pentagon is one of my top three wrestlers on in on in the planet. So you know. I think I'd try. I think I'd have him in my top three as well if I were to make a list. I don't think you're wrong there. Yeah. Moving on. Colt Cabana. Goes into the Dark Order's locker room. Will he come out? <laughs> but you have to tune in next week and see. I, I You'll just we, have to tune in, folks. Yes, we are. Is he, is he going to be stuck in, 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 in at Daly's place for a week? Dark Order Colt Cabana. Very interesting to me. Yeah. Well, just don't put a, just don't put a mask on him. I mean, for Christ's sake. He's, no, he's, you can't he's, put a mask. I mean, he's got actual name value, so you know. And you know what? I'll say it. Colt Cabana's a handsome devil. You can't put a mask on that. <laughs> Look at that face. That's right. Look at that. He's just got that all-American boy face, you know? Speaking of handsome devils, John Moxley. John Moxley is a handsome devil. He is. Sidles up to Alex Marvez. That's a blistering promo that seems that. By the way, I identify with so well today. Everything he said about being miserable and in pain and your neck and your back hurting and sitting down when you go to poop, I understand all of that. Okay. (laughs) Thanks I was for, like, thanks I was just that. like, same, brother. Absolutely same. And then Taz shows up, and he's in full Taz mode. <laughs> and then we get yeah. Brian Cage attacking him from behind. Who Throwing, did not need a shirt? Who did not need just, a shirt? Yes. Or just couldn't find one that fits anymore. He just can't, doesn't have them. I don't know what the deal is. Can, can can any can any shirt contain Brian Cage at this point? Uh. I, so Cage and Mox brawl, and then uh, Cage puts uh, Moxley through a car, and I'm, I'm noticing that this car has an AEW license plate, and then I see it's a Chevy Cruze. So the, the, the official AEW license-plated vehicle is a Chevy Cruze. Chevy Cruze, the official car of AEW. <laughs> so it seems. We go cruising. In our Chevy Cruze. I don't know what the slogan is for a Chevy Cruze. But I don't either. I, you know, it's a reliable I automobile. It's great for uh, throwing wrestlers through. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they're, they're, they're doing everything they can to build that up for, uh, for Fighter Fest. I'm sure that one's going to be a lot of fun, too. I really like Brian Cage. I like his style. Anytime I've seen him live, always been a fun match. Uh, you know, you need, you need the big, strong muscle guys. You got to have it. Finally, we reach our main event. Yeah, we with do. with a video promo with with Cody Rhodes talking about uh, you know the the how great it is Mark Quinn is is stepping up the challenge for the terrible neck tattoo championship uh, here with the, the still as yet unfinished quote unquote belt. Uh, yeah, yeah, the unfinished belt. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus the, Mark. Oh, we were reading Twitter the night we debuted at belt. Oh, oh yes. The, uh, oh, shit, wait, we have to redesign this belt. <laughs> oh, God, we're getting buried for this shit. Uh, Cody Rose versus Mark Quinn of, of Private Party. And uh, unfortunately, we get, you know, more Matt Hardy on our screen because of this. And yes, I know you like Matt Hardy, so, but. I'm 
trying to delete these uh, these slanderous comments from my brain oh. after this podcast is over. I can't believe this ho- these horrible things. I mean, these are not folks. I just want everyone to know that these are not Matt facts. These are only Matt opinions. These will not fall under facts. <laughs> they are not endorsed uh, or supported. So uh, this started out as a kind of a standard match, and then um, Mark Quinn kind of exploded. Um, yeah. While also selling the ankle. It and... was, uh, yeah, uh, just a really well-told match. Uh, again, something Cody Rhodes always does well. I think, you know, he's a, he's a TV main event guy. It's just like something that he's kind of built for. Like he understands, you know, the ins and outs and how to, you know, tell a story in that amount of time in that kind of match. And that's why he's going to do it every week. Right. Yeah. I mean, Find the thing he's good at and do it. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it's true. He he is not a work rate guy. He's not built for you know thirty minute New Japan epics. You know, no. And but you you give this guy like twelve to seventeen minutes on TV, and he's going to deliver for you. Yeah, he'll he'll deliver. It, it'll be a you know two and three quarter star match. But you know what? On a TV show, he's a you know Cody's a storyteller. I don't really need like the best wrestling in the world. What I like about Cody is that everything isn't clean and perfect. It looks more like a fight to me or like a, like a wrestling, like a, a grappling or something like that. He's a, I think the way he, he does that kind of stuff and it, and it kind of shows his like amateur wrestling pedigree in a lot of places, especially with guys who have amateur wrestling in their backgrounds. Like it showed a lot with Darby Allen, who's like really athletic. Um, and then, uh, so I don't know. I, I kind of like the way uh, he as well, we talked about this, I think last time we I was on the podcast, the way he's done this stuff since all in, right? Like he's the big main event guy, like the big fight feel guy. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's a little overbearing and, and, you know, both, both Lawrence and I have agreed that, you know, it, it, when he's at his worst is when he's, he's trying to come across as the, the, the underdog in the fight. It's like, dude, you're the vice president of the yes. fucking company. That I, Shut the that fuck I do up, agree. Yeah. Know? He doesn't need to. Yeah. Like I, one of my favorite parts about that promo that they kept showing was when he was like the way that they cut this together and he's like, what you want to think this is about legacy. You think this is about nepotism. Think again. And the very next line is my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, I thought we were just, what do you yeah. mean? Uh, unfortunately the, uh, my, my, uh, my, my new website, can Cody Rhodes wrestle without blading? Um, <laughs> well, we stop at yes this time. So he, this time, he, but I think that's maybe he just might've lost the blade or they ran out or just, he didn't feel like at that time. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they maybe orange Cassie stole his thunder too. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Oh shit. Orange Cassie took my razor. I can't blade this week. Fuck. Damn it. We can only, we only get one blade job per week and Roses do you love to be bleeding out there? I gotta tell you. Oh boy. Um, but you know what? I, I, I'm going to say that with, with all the, 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 the good looking offense while trying to still sell the angle that Mark Quinn was doing, the fact that they, that they ended this with, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a knee bar ankle lock. Yeah. So we don't have that, a name for that move yet. Right. This is just a, a thing he did. Yeah. It was just a thing he did. I mean, it, it was a situational thing he did. I thought that was good. Yeah, no, people were really praising that move. And like, I, you know, I think I might have even talked about this last time I was on the podcast, too. But when you finish a match with a non finisher, please more of that, like more and like you don't have to use the finisher every damn time. And you shouldn't because it devalues the finisher. No, I, I yeah, no, no, I, 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 I agree. But it, it was just good. It made sense for the match. It, 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 went, it went to you know, you know, as much psychology as a, uh, you know, TV you know, a TV title match can have, 
you know, th- this was it. I mean, he, he attacked the weakness and, and got the win from it, you know? So, yeah. yeah very no, good stuff. Well no, told, well booked. This was, no, this was, uh, this was good business right here. Now, afterwards, Jake Hager showing up. Great business. Let's, uh, yeah. And we get, um, and we get another schmoz. We did get, we are, we are schmozzing out here. We and, are schmozzing. And now we have Cody Rhodes versus Jake Hager at Fighter Fest. Which, you know, it's going to be a good match, I'm sure. Yeah, assuming Cody retains next week. <laughs> you know, you know, got to have that. You always have to assume that he's going to. Re- yeah, and who's his challenger next week, or do we not have one yet? They didn't say. So They didn't mention who's next week. They okay. Didn't, they didn't mention that. So. Which is good. I want surprises. Like, one of the parts of uh, the best parts of the John Cena Open Challenge run, the U.S. title run, was not knowing who was going to be coming out, right? And then we got. People, we got the Kevin Owens thing out of that. We got Sami Zayn out of that. We got a lot of great matches from that. So, but with that, we wrap up episode 36 of AEW Dynamite. Uh, Paul, your pros and cons. The tape machines are running out. We are desperately out of time. (laughs) 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 My pros and cons. Pros. uh, Orange Cassidy. Just always Orange Cassidy. Yes. Just I'll I'll always say that. Uh, Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela vignette. Give me more of that. Um, You know, all the all the strong in ring work, great storytelling, uh, dark order stuff, really good. Uh, Not a lot of you know, just a consistently good show all around. Yeah. um, Hans, Jake Hager. (coughs) Yes. Four man commentary booth. and yeah, I'd say that's those are probably the biggest ones. Well, see, yeah, you say the four man commentary booth, but Jericho on commentary is one of my my pros. But yeah, I think we Jericho all know. specifically great, but just a crowded booth in general. I just that's too many. It's too many voices in one in one booth. You should do booth commentary should be two people, three tops, but yeah. four now. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we all know who 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 needs to be cut out of this equation, and they're not we, going to, and they're not going to do it. So, yeah, sorry, Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, th- I thought that this was a pretty solid show all around. I agree with Jake Hager as a con. Uh, not one but two Matt Hardy segments. Uh, that was a con for me. Uh, not for you, I know, but. Yeah, that I, was... yeah, hey, I get I, like if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But what I think is really great about Matt Hardy is that he's gonna do a bunch of different things. So even if one of the things isn't for you, maybe a different thing he does will be. Yeah, um, <laughs> that... throwing it all at the wall, man. I respect it. Uh, that that alley thing. I mean, wait, what, weird. What, it's what, weird. What the fuck ever. I um, hope it's like a double cross. Like it, just it, to like fuck oh, with the nightmare family oh, and like totally step is. up or something, right? Oh, it, that totally, has to be oh, it totally is. You know it is. So I mean, once we get that and she like does the "it was me all along," like I'll be cool with it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Tony Hawk. That was a pro. To- Tony was- Hawk. Well, Tony Hawk is a pro. There's even a whole game about it. <laughs> so I've heard. Um, and the uh, con. Um. Yeah, the uh, the 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 bad angle on the on the pin in the in the women's tag match. I thought that that really just detracted from it all. It wasn't perfect, no. Oh, and also one more con I should mention: Tony, Tony Shavani, Tony Khan. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're uh, actually the first person to make that joke on this show. <laughs> believe it or not. Hell yeah. Believe it or don't. <laughs> all right, Paul. Go ahead and plug yourself. Yeah. 
All right. Oh, well, I will do that. Um, that's after the podcast, though. So you can find me on Twitter at Thickflare TTV, uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Thickflare. I host a podcast called Burn After Noticing. Uh, we did take a short hiatus, a couple of episodes off due to recent uh, circumstances. I uh, don't need to really get into too many of the details about why. Uh, we decided it was best to step away for just a little bit, but we will be back very soon. We've had some great guests recently, so definitely check us out uh, wherever you get a podcast. Uh, and that's really about all I got besides, oh, also something I want to plug. Uh, donate to local bail funds. Donate to local mutual aid funds. Um, support black businesses. And uh, if you work a food service job and a cop comes, uh, spit in their food. Um, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style. On Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GD Wessel, 2S1L. Um, y'all may have noticed that uh, Strong Style Story came back yesterday because New Japan's coming back. So we had to talk about that. But also, I posted a, a, a new project that I'm doing um, with my friend Dion of SOS Wrestling Network on YouTube. Uh, we're, we're doing a show called The Kings Road Bar and Grill, a watch along of. Uh, a classic all Japan pro wrestling match, and we decided to for the premiere since the 25th anniversary was uh, yesterday. Uh, we we uh, reviewed uh, Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobashi versus the Holy Demon Army Toshiaki Kawada and Akira Tawe from June 9th of 1995, which also just happens to be my pick for the greatest match in all Japan history. So, well, how can you not check that out? Hell yeah. So yeah, so it's a it's a watch along. So yeah, go go ahead and, and, and check that out. Um, and yeah, so that's about it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say as far as my plug, uh, abolish the police and Black Lives Matter. So hell yeah. Uh, Paul, thanks for jumping in at the last minute once again. Always a pleasure it to is, have you here. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me on and allowing me to uh, get some of my uh, my terrible wrestling takes out for uh, for your listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, we'll uh we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining. Bye.